Greetings, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily, continuing with our corporate updates today. Happy to be welcoming in Gilbert Clark, chairman of Meridian Mining. They trade on the TSX with MNO and also on the OTC QB with MRRDF. Uh, Gilbert, the company put out more, well, more stellar drill results out here of the Cabosol mine area. Uh, the VMS project there. Hole 205 was this huge highlight hole, fit almost 55 meters of 2.1 grams per ton gold, 0.1% copper, half a gram per ton silver, uh, very close to surface, but there was a highlight in there of 26.5 of 4.2 grams per ton gold and 0.1% copper and 0.2 grams per ton silver. So, on the cover of this, you're finding some really nice high-grade precious metals mixed in with that copper mineralization. Yeah. Hi, Trev. Thanks for having me on the, uh, the show again today. Um, calling in London, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it was, uh, it's was. it been a fantastic result, and this, this result actually has much wider implications for across the deposit. Um, when we did the release for our resource statement, you know, it was based on confirmation of the vertical drilling from the old Cabasal mine and a 50 by 50 drilling pattern to the northwest and some to the southeast of the deposit. And that gave us that massive mineralization, 62 million tons of inferred, indicated in the third. Well, what we saw in the, in the, in the um, technical report we just published is there was a heavy bias, some 70% to the vertical drilling. And we know the vertical drilling doesn't define at all, the, the, the high-grade gold vertical overprint. And the 50 by 50 is too, it still leaves too much gaps in the drilling. So we did this infill, we actually had ongoing infill drilling, and we did 205, and it was just a stonking result. And really surprised us, because we knew the bottom of the hole was going to be very high-grade, because um, we could actually see the coarse gold. But at surface, you know, just 14 metres below surface, we actually saw some quartz veining uh, indicating the, the high-grade gold overprint, and it came back, there was an interval there, I think 0.7 or 0.65 a metre going to over two ounces gold. What's so important about this is the vertical hole that's adjacent to it, in the equivalent zone, I think the best intercept they got there was 1.6 grams per tonne gold. So as we're infilling with vertical drilling, the entirety of the northwest extension, we are finding more gold, because... It's, it's the 50 by 50 is too wide space. The geological model is very robust. We can see that in the 43101 report. The robustness of that model is fantastic. But there are still wide zones mm-hmm. of drilling to infill to hit further. We think it's going to be further increases in, in the mineral occurrence. At the same time, in the shallowest part of the deposit, which is the updip, we didn't have any drilling. And this is what was so important about drill 193. Because that's actually down plunged from probably one of the highest gold surface gold and soil anomalies in the entire project, and that's 500 meters of infield drilling, which is almost the majority of which is outside of the actual resource statement. So we're going to see increase in the um, mineralization as we, you know, I, I believe, so as we infill to 25 by 25. We're going to add, add, put into the model additional up dip tons that aren't in the model. But there's something really exciting about all this, and I I just want to draw everyone's attention back to, it was back in last year, Um, it was, gosh, um, August 31st last year, we put out a drill hole, drill hole 45, and we hit 
three meters at 12 grams at from six meters and during that period we we're so focused on replicating the vertical drilling trevor because that was the basis of the model and along when we go through the technical report you'll see a lot of increased and shallow mineralization it's certainly related to the underground fan drilling but essentially now on top of that old cabasal deposit there's an area of some you know 30 meters which essentially is vertical drilling which doesn't define the gold overprint or it's unassayed and we know that where we see fan drilling the greatest concentration of fan drilling or underground angle drilling or surface angle drilling we see this concentration of mineralization because it hits these sub-vertical veins. Mm -hmm. So we not only define upside throughout the entirety of the Northwest Extension, we also now identified quite a significant upside above the greatest concentration of mineralization in the belt to date, which is the Cabasal mine, which is effectively open. So it's a really exciting period. And these are very cheap in the Cabasal mine. We've got to probably 20 or 30 meter angled holes because we couldn't drill angled holes there because if we drilled a deep angled hole, could hit an underground working and he then can't progress the work the the, mm. the diamond hole so it's just such an exciting project to think that we've defined something that's 1.9 kilometers we've got such a robust resource but we've got so much growth within that resource in the in the you know in the months and quarters to come yeah absolutely i i let's table 193 follow-up questions here just a second because i do want to go back and uh really kind of open up this whole 205 and you mentioned the parallel holes, the parallel um, uh, holes. That, I, I believe you were mentioning 209 and also hole 215. Is is that – those are still pending assays. Is that correct? Those are pending assays. Uh, I know what the core looks like. Um, I think it's a very exciting time for the company that we've got more news flow coming. We, we're going to shut down over Christmas, of course, you know, for the Christmas New Year break. We'll shut down the rigs for that period. But we have a lot of news flow coming through. And then in the, going into 2023, we'll start the rig back up, the rig's back up. And we can then focus not only on the, the very exciting resource growth of Catasau, that you know, I think it's going to be over two kilometres at the end of the day. But we can then start to touch up and expand upon the success we've had at C4A, the upside of the C2A target, the Santa Lina target into 2023. So we want to start really increasing the asset which is Cabasal but right. start bringing valuation onto the exploration upside which is incredibly expensive you know the upside they look at the it's in our presentation I think Sikuri they had a I think it was one meter at 140 grams gold about a kilometer a long strike from the St. Helena mine well you know there's a 1.3 kilometer gold anomaly sitting on top of uh, a massive sulfide deposit partially mined so it's really exciting that we've barely scratched the exploration upside of Cabasal, which is then supported by that standalone asset of the Cabasal mine deposit. Uh, you know, it, it almost, you know, in hindsight, I guess, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty here, Gilbert. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if with with these angled drill holes, I mean, we already know that that resource estimate is going to improve as it gets updated, but it you know, talk about, I mean, could you have held off just a few more months to get these angled drill holes and, and maybe prove that, that, uh, that maiden and yourself? I, again, hindsight, I get it. You had yeah, to deliver something, but. 
Yeah, but we had to deliver that resource. We've also got the time frame of the Cabasau purchase agreement to 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 actually make the timetable of the growth of the deposit. And that's really it's such an interesting question because you know some of the other more additional future material events in the growth of the project, like the granting of the preliminary license. Typically, you do your, your which we are start, which we have started, of course, the PEA. And then at the end of the PEA, you'd say, okay, this is what you've determined is optimal, and you can start your EIA, and then you can, once you've got both, you can then apply for your preliminary license under Brazilian um, mining legislation. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. we knew so much about the deposit, the macro risk, the size, the estimated size, I asked my board, I said, look, it's going to be around plus 50-something million tonnes. I knew that just from my own experience. I knew what the metallurgy was. I knew what the process was going to be. So we actually started our EIA back in November 2021. So when we go to do our complete RPA in Q1 next year, we've got all the documentations to go on to the next stage of permitting to, to, to drive this project towards production at the same time while we're growing that asset value, which I think is the growth of the asset value, we're testing that exploration upside. It's a, it's, it's a very unique company. Uh, this cross-section graph that you put into the news release, that's going to be really interesting to follow up on here as things progress with the drilling. Obviously, you have those two holes, 209 and also 215, that are assays are pending, so that will fill in some gaps here. Uh, but then you also have room to do more of the, that infill angle drilling in the southwest. So, I mean, I feel this cross-section map is just going to get busier and busier and do uh, it pretty well. quickly here, huh? Yeah, I look, if everyone, it's on Monday's news release, it's figure two. And you look at the gold equivalent, and of course, when we talk about gold equivalent, that's adjusted for metallurgical recoveries, and we've got the best met we could ever see. But there was validated data that, of course, from the historical drilling, that was vertical, that is not optimal for the high-grade gold overprint of the flat-lying VMS layers. Now, you can see that where we've got um, hole 205 in figure 2 um, you, you can actually see the j- adjoining hole um, which is a historical one JSPD 232 and all the blocks around that historical hole are quite low grade they're sort of between 0 to 0.3 and that's some, um, I think there's about 15-20 metres of vertical now just that's a vertical hole. It's gone straight down. It's not going to pick up the macro structures. And the top assay was 1.6 grams. So from 14 metres below surface, which is approximately about two and a half of the blocks, we've got an interval, a very high-grade interval, which goes over two ounces per tonne gold. So it's going to populate that part of the block model with, with metal. And this is what was so important in our resource estimation was to have a conservative estimation based on the available data because so often I reviewed um, resources and when they've gone to do the infield drilling it's gone pear-shaped and that's why we're so, so, I was so good to work with the, the QP Simon Tear he's a very conservative man very very accurate in the methodology so we for the gold we used multiple indicated Krieging very conservative we didn't spread the gold around but as we're infilling it it's actually where we expect to see gold in the model. We're seeing it. Where we're reliant on the vertical holes and we've drilled and we've discovered new mineralization, we can then go back and repopulate those blocks with the, with the modern drilling results. So 
And what's also interesting, you can see on that diagram um, on the right-hand side, you can see there's no mineralization, essentially no colored blocks. And that's because there's no data. So we didn't smear grade into areas we didn't have data. But now we know from drill hole 193, which is some 500 or 700 meters to the southeast of this cross-section, there's a whole high-grade zone of soil anomalies related to a plunging system that reads back to 193. It's, it's, I know I know a lot of my shareholders and, and supporters think it's very technical, some of our press releases. But the, the benefit of these technical orientated press releases, which are succinct in their information, is they're factual. They're, they're not sort of speculative interpretations. Adrian's very conservative in that matter. And so this is the basis of a very robust resource statement. We don't take shortcuts. We take our time. We get the things done professionally. Uh, so let's talk about one one ninety three real quick here, Gilbert. Uh, I mean, it's, it wasn't a very wide interval, but it was definitely high grade nine point three grams per ton gold and three percent copper over just less than half of a meter from fifty five meters depth here. Uh, this was uh, this was kind of completely outside of that those resource limits, um, and so obviously you know you you've got room to work here as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, We've got, again, you know, it was good interpretive geology. We saw some mineralization to the south. Um, it was interesting that we, originally what we thought in respect to the deposit, we thought the, the northwest extension was one hydrothermal center, and then the Cabosar mine was one hydrothermal center. And now we're seeing them morph into one large deposit. You know, their the mineralization is consecutive, but it's now really robust and connected um there's more copper copper progresses to the southeast as you come from the from the northwest extension but with the infill drilling we're now starting to see the projection and the the, the extrapolation of copper further to the northwest which again populates the model with more metal um and that's just un, let's not it's just not 193 which is on the north eastern side of the deposit if you look at 194 and 171, which is on that same diagram, figure one, okay, there's 8.8 .8 metres at 5 grams gold, there's 4.8 metres at 3.4 grams gold and 1.9% copper. That's an entire new high-grade trend within the resource model that now has to be drilled out. I think, you know, cumulatively on what we've presented, there's some, I think, 1,900 metres of zones within the resource area, which we have the infill, which we think are gonna uh, have the great potential to add metal into the mineral resource statement. So it's, it, everyone, it, when we produced the resource, it's very clear we're gonna produce our first resource in Q3 of this year, in that we would then do a subsequent resource update into Q, uh, Q1 or Q2 next year. Um, but certainly it was a, a quite an eye-opening event when we got that gold assay from 205 because then I thought back to 203 oh, sorry, uh, for, uh, drill hole 45 mm. back from last year and then Adrian and I sort of brainstormed and went, oh smokes we've replicated the vertical drilling over the Cabosal mine but there's actually a whole, what is it 500 metres almost which has got no angle drilling gridding that, that top 30, 40 metres. So there's the very real potential of seeing projections of the high-grade gold overprint to, to surface. <laughs> remarkable. It was remarkable. And yeah. it, this is, 
this is sort of what I've always sort of stressed to our investors and stakeholders is the first phase was really about not taking any risk, delivering a standalone, what we think is going to be a standalone future producing asset. And at the same time, all of our upside, well, actually, it turned about not all of our upside, the C4A to gold and silver discovery, had already been belt scale, soil, geophysics, drilling. So we had upside that's predefined, that high risk exploration expenditure we don't have to do. We can target uh, exploration expenditure on known deposits. And that's a great thing for investors. Say, oh, look, if they're going to be drilling this deposit, does yeah. it have something? Well, yes. Yeah, this, say, St. Helena's got, I think, some 700,000 tonnes of massive sulphide, but the underground, so the greater area is undefined. Well, the more de-risking you can do on a project, the better, whether through exploration or obviously through managing the equity. So, Gilbert, it's uh, things are looking real bright here. Uh, hopefully, we get a market that can turn around and, 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 and see the value that you and the team have done in rather quick <laughs> quick time frame. Uh, but we'll, we'll await a lot more of these asset results as they come through. And obviously, we'll be sure to follow up with you for your corporate editorial once once they do arrive. Sure, absolutely. So thanks again. It was, right. it was great to sit down and have a chat today. Yeah, it was great to see you. Good luck there in London. I'm sure there's lots of meetings and, uh, you know, I, I, I think I think the I, I do think the sentiment is improving, which is good news. Yeah, I very much so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's Gilbert Clark. That's Gilbert Clark with Meridian Mining again, trading on the TSX with MNO and on the OTCQB with MRRDF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.